Thank you so much for tuning in to Wove Inspiration. This is the Midweek Motivation, and I'm your host, Althea Richardson. As always, today's show is sponsored by Anchor.fm. So if you were looking at the picture of my special guest, she does not look like where she came from. In fact, her story includes molestation, abortions, prostitution, divorce, homelessness, and single parenting. To Desiree Clay, she was seated in her own classroom of hopelessness, but with God's help, she refused to give in to the unhealthy and festering circumstances that surrounded her youth. Today, she is an inspiring author, transformational coach, executive vice president of MC Light Hip Hop Sisters Foundation, as well as the executive producer of an international radio show, The Millionaire's Roundtable. Her motto is Crisis breeds creativity, courage, and critical thinking skills that can turn your life around. So sit back and enjoy this interview with Miss Desiree Clay on Wove Inspiration. This is the Midweek Motivation. Today's show is sponsored by Anchor.fm. If you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Thank you so much for being on the show today. No problem. Thank you for having me. So Desiree, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do. Oh my gosh. Okay. So where do I begin? So I am a wife. I'm a mom of four. I have three biological children and a bonus son. And um, I am a Jesus lover. Okay. So let me say that first. (laughs) And outside of all of that, I am a master certified transformational coach a author and speaker and trainer with the John Maxwell team, as well as a published author. So that's kind of what I do in short. Okay. Okay. Now with anyone that I have on my show, um, that is as successful as you are, everyone has a beginning because (laughs) in order for us to begin we got we got to start somewhere. Everybody has a, a, a starting point before they get to their their purpose. Is what I'll, I'll, I'm gonna put that out there. Before they get yes. into their purpose, there is a beginning and a process in between there. So tell me about your beginning. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the beginning, you know, it's always kind of faint for me when I don't really know when I decided or where I decided to make the transformation in my life intentionally. Mm -hmm. I think that I was always on the trajectory of becoming. And I actually still am, you know, I like to say that I'm on a journey and on a road to transformation because it's, you know, life is ever changing and you should constantly be growing and evolving. However, um, I always started at the very beginning and that's with my earliest childhood memory. And, you know, that's um, the age of five years old. I can remember being molested. Okay. And so that's the earliest memory I have of my childhood. 
And, you know, I think that that memory sets the tone for everything else um, in my life. Um, and so I went on from that. And, you know, like many survivors and victims of abuse, I kind of forgot that it happened because it was buried so deeply. I grew up not telling anyone and I actually had forgotten forgotten that I was molested until it came up in a later conversation with a friend. And I was like, wait a minute, I think I was, oh, wait a minute. And everything started to come back. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I still really didn't tell anyone. I actually didn't tell anyone until my book. Well, I told a childhood friend of mine because she'd experienced something similar. But um, in full knowledge, I didn't tell anyone until I published my first book, Beautiful Like a Flower, okay. A True Story of Trial and Triumph. And it was published in 2015. Um, and it's kind of my tell-all book, if you will. Um, I speak through a character that I created by the name of Serenity. Okay. And um, yeah, I named her Serenity because the one thing that I always sought after in my childhood and in my life period was just peace. Um, I grew up in the inner city, south side of Chicago, okay. you know, and so I always tell people that I'm just a girl who stumbled upon her purpose one day because I'm, I'm you know, the girl from, from around the way, if you will. And so, um, you know, violence and drug violence and drugs and gangs and all that stuff was, it was common for me. It was normal. Um, so it's no surprise that I grew up and I, you know, dated a, a drug dealer and that, you know, I made bad decisions and had abortions and, um, you know, that kind of thing. And I essentially, I lived a double life because while all this was happening, no one knew I was able to maintain grades and, you mm-hmm. know, be at home at, during curfew and all those types of things. And so... It's always so interesting whenever I get to tell the story. And when I published my book, my family was like, who is this? Where, where were we? <laughs> like, who the heck is this? Like, is this really you or is this made up? Like, who is this person? And so, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm always careful to say, you know, that's my truth. And, you know, I didn't tell anyone else's story in there unless it impacted mine. So, you know, I didn't tell my mom's business, my sister's or anybody else. You know, this is just my story. And so that was the beginning for me. That was the beginning when I published the book in 2015. Um, during that time, I had just quit teaching. I was an educator for almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a certified teacher in Illinois, Texas, and Louisiana. I went to Grambling State University. And it was then um, at Grambling when I was, you know, matriculating that I figured out, hey, you know, you're doing all this work to prepare the future. And you're not really prepared yourself because you have all these bias mm-hmm. and all these unresolved issues. And so there's no way that you could sit through that type of um, education and not reflect. So that's when I realized how screwed up I was. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, out there. I started yeah, self-reflecting. Yeah. I was like, I'm pretty messed up. So wow. I started doing the work. Um, I went on and I ended up graduating. Oh, not before I got, <laughs> not before I got married, pregnant, I'm sorry, pregnant, married, and divorced. While oh. in college. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So all that happened. Um, <laughs> not before I experienced homelessness with my daughter. Mm. Um, yeah. So, you know, I ended up graduating in 2017 from Grambling State University. You know, I was the girl who, again, was, who are you? Because I was a cheerleader and I was popular and I was Miss Senior and all of this and had to give up my title because I found out I was pregnant. I pledged the you know, the best sorority ever and mm-hmm. <laughs> was on the step team and all this stuff, you know, and it was like, what are you doing pregnant and all this stuff. And so I graduated to say the least. And then I went on to get my master's in counseling and faced a whole nother set of, you know, problems and issues. 
And of course, as a counselor, you have to really make sure that you are a whole person before you start counseling anyone. Right. Because what's in you comes out. Mm-hmm. So I had to start getting rid of some of the stuff that I was carrying around. Um, it was just crazy to say the least. And then I go on in 2015, skip ahead a couple years. And um, I was achieving a lot of things. I relocated back home to Chicago after some time and I was still miserable. I was working with my then pastor, helping him help build his nonprofit. I was serving in ministry and I still felt empty. I was at church. I lived there essentially because between ministry and actually working for the church, I literally was there every day of the week, all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still, it was something missing. I didn't know what it was. And I used to just like beg, like, God, like help me. I've done all this stuff and it's not enough. Um, and so I ended up moving to Texas because of course, you know, when we have problems, we, we move, we lead a problem because the problem is everything but us. Right. Of what course. I didn't realize is <laughs> what I didn't realize was that I was taking the problem everywhere with me because I was the problem. Yeah. So no matter where I relocated, um, I was still having the same issues. And so I was teaching at the time engaged to be married. And, um, you know, you are here, you're in Houston and HISD was pretty crazy to say the least. Mm. And, um, yeah. you know, it had gotten really political for me and they wanted us to start teaching little kids that look like, like me, black and brown kids from a script. And mm-hmm. they wanted me to pass kids who didn't deserve to pass. Yeah. They couldn't read. They couldn't write. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I couldn't perpetuate uh, mediocrity amongst kids that look like me. I, I think that that was doing them a disservice. And so I quit. Um, yeah. And I didn't know what to do. My then fiance was like, Hey, you know, Hey, I'll take care of you. And look, I, I just told you I'm from the South side of Chicago, Althea. So I'm like, boy, <laughs> wait a minute, hold take, on. I'm going to need a job. I don't know about this now. You right. crazy as two cuckoo birds. Okay. <laughs> so it was a faith move. God was like, listen, I'm trying to set this up for you. So I, I quit. And I said, then I said, God, now what? He said, pick the book up because I had originally started writing my book years back and I lost the manuscript and I had left things out because I was embarrassed and ashamed. I didn't want people judging me. Yeah. Um. And so this time around, he was like, write it again. And this time, don't leave anything out. Mm. And so I wrote the book. And it was during that time that I received my healing. And so, no, I didn't make the national bestsellers list, but I healed. And that that right there is what set me on the path. Hey, that is awesome. Now, let me go. I'm going to go back because one of the things that I know that I've noticed in a lot of women is at the foundation of that individual that was sexually abused as a child, there is now a a pace or a trend that begins. Um, There is a lot of other things that follow that always go back to the beginning, which is that um, child sexual uh, molestation. So why is it that we and I'm just going to call it as it is the way that we are as black women, we have a hard time talking about what happened. Well, because essentially if you think about, you know, the way we're raised as black women and in our homes, Mm -hmm. we're raised to, you know, what goes on in our house stays in our house. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm a, I'm an eighties baby. And, you know, I learned that very early on. And then also, the other part of it is that, you know, we don't create or haven't in times past created spaces where our children feel safe to 
to come and talk to us or even know that it's okay to talk to us. Yes. And so I, I didn't know. I knew it felt bad, but I didn't, I didn't really know because mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a kid. And then even when I thought back on it, I didn't know that something had happened to me or who I should tell, who do I trust? I had not gotten the talk, the conversation, you know, that I've had right. with my daughter since then, you know, that your body belongs to, you No one's supposed to be touching you or asking you to do anything to mm-hmm. them or for them or invite, you know, those conversations just didn't happen. And so what happens is it's perpetuated amongst our people and, you know, from generation to generation. And so what happens is there, and I say this, uh, you know, in my book, there's so many broken girls inside of grown women. Yeah. Because we don't even know, even still as an adult, that it's okay. It's still taboo. You're not supposed to talk about it, you know, and part of it is the shame of it all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you didn't, you know, to the listener out there who's gone through this experience, you know, you didn't, you didn't ask for this. You didn't cause it. You didn't, whether it was, you know, rape, domestic violence in your dating relationships or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, sexual violence in a dating None of it is that you asked for. You didn't deserve that. And so I think once we start lifting the stigma and the shame, I think more people would talk about it. Black yeah. women will have a discussion about it. Yeah. And, and that's got to be the key is allowing themselves to use their voice. Um, I believe that once people talk more or even black women talk more about their experiences, they will find out that they are not alone, that there are a number of, I'm, I'm listening to your conversation and I can truly say been there, done that bought a t-shirt, a cap, and a bag of chips to go with that. And don't forget your wristband. And my wristband. wristband. Yes, yes, Yes. ma'am. I got to have my wristband to show proof that I was there, but I'm not there Mm -hmm. anymore. I was there. See? And so when I'm listening to your story and I'm like, I, yep, 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 yep. Yeah. And I, and, and it, it, it's, it's, Interesting, and at the same time, it's it's heartbreaking in that there are so many similarities in that, and, yeah. and me also that I was I did not say anything to anybody until I was older, and um, yeah. God put me in the position to have to share my my story in front of everyone, and had to prepare my mom because she didn't know. Yep, that's how it goes. Yep. Yeah. And and so and then in the in the midst of having the conversation with um and other individuals and family, then you find out, oh, well this happened to me. Oh, well this happened uh-huh. to me. Yep. And That's what's crazy, crazy is sometimes it's by the same person. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's um, the same predator. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we still and then, and there are family members that know that this person, yes. that uncle so-and-so has been doing this for quite a yep. while, but, you know, we don't want to tell nobody outside of the, the, the four walls of the house because, I, you know, I don't want us to be looked at differently. Ridicule, or exactly. Ridiculed mm-hmm. or anything like that. But it's time yep. out for all of that. It is time out. Let me tell you, I have gotten to the point where, you know, I tell people, you know, and first of all, the Bible tells us, you know, that, we're, we're overcome by the words of our testimony, yes. you know, 
And so there is nothing off limits that I have done that I'm, I'm ashamed of at this point. Like, you know, I have people inboxing me or texting like, girl, you just tell it all. Yes, because mm -hmm. someone out there needs to hear this. I need someone else not to make the decisions that I made. And the first person I need not to do this stuff is my 15-year-old daughter. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, she's getting PG-rated versions of things. And as it comes up, we have conversations. So she now knows that I was molested because I've had to have a conversation with her. You know, while you're going to cousin's house and you're out of my reach, I need you to understand. This is why I've always been so protective of you. I need you to fully understand. Like, I had, you know, had conversations with her from the earliest memory. Like, when she could walk and talk and get out of my care, I don't care who it is. You know, do not touch anybody else's body. You know, do not let anyone touch your body. If your swimsuit is supposed to cover that area, it is off limits to anyone else. Right. And that kind of thing. And so, you know, those were the early conversations that she continued to grow, just having those conversations. And especially with the way society is set up and they're constantly pushing sex and yeah. drugs and everything else and ratchetness on our girls. You know, I have to make sure that I'm, you know, flipping both sides of the coin mm -hmm. with her. You know, not that I want you to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. And yeah, you can listen to the Summer of Ratchet Music. Okay, we all did that. However, you're not to emulate and act out. That's not your model. That's not your go-to, yeah. you know. And so, you know, it, it's just one of those things where we have to start becoming more vocal. Like you said, finding your voice, first of all, yeah. and then using your voice to, to break the perpetuity of it because it's going to continue if, if we don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it and affects your overall life and relationships and and life situations that you come against. And you might actually, you know, as a woman that might be single now, if you haven't healed from your past going forward, anyone that you uh, come across is always there may be a potential man out there for you but you may mess it up because you still yeah. walking around with all this baggage. Yeah. If you don't heal your wounds, you're going to bleed on the next person. Mm -hmm. That's it. And so, you know, I became very intentional and I am now my husband will tell you, he's like, I just admire you for like, he's like, you inspire me on a regular basis to just be a better person because I'm constantly digging, unpacking, unraveling, reliving, you know, and I'm like, okay, let me make me a, a therapy session because this is, I can't do this for myself, you know, because <laughs> yeah. the thing is we think that sometimes, and as much education and the skills and talents and all these degrees and certifications I have, it doesn't matter. There are some certain things mm -hmm. that my brain is going to talk me out of because it's natural. Yeah. My brain is not going to allow me to experience certain things because it's, I'm going to stop myself. Who's going to talk themselves into pain on purpose. Right. So that's why I need a professional. You know, every doctor needs a doctor. So there's still some things that I can't heal myself of or help myself unpack and get through and process through and process out. Yeah. So we, we shy away from therapy. Why? Why do we shy away from therapy knowing that we need to be the first people there <laughs> with all the issues right. that we have? You know, I love therapy. I actually do. I'm like, everybody needs a counselor or a therapist in their Rolodex, like right there on your speed dial. Mm -hmm. That's just Absolutely. how I feel about it. Yeah, that's definitely a good idea. And to not, to not be ashamed and and for some reason, we always think that if we're going to a therapist that we were labeled crazy and that stigma definitely needs to get, we need to get rid of that, that type of thinking. If you have to go to the doctor, a medical doctor for a, a heart problem or for diabetes or whatever, you're, you're mm -hmm. more prone to do that than go to a therapist for a mental health 
issue. Yeah. And essentially, this is what I, I had a conversation with a friend and I said, you know, seeing a therapist is like going to see a specialist at a doctor. Yes. It is. It's like going to see the heart doctor. You have to heal your heart. Mm-hmm. You need a specialist. And sometimes it's not a physical repair that you need on your heart. It's an internal thing. And so a therapist could help you do that. And so I've had people, um, a close friend of mine is like, girl, you know, you really went through a lot. My childhood was like total opposite. You know, she didn't experience childhood trauma or any of the things that I experienced. But now she is still finding herself stuck in life. I say, well, then that's where a coach comes in. Yes. You know, that's where. So a coach is not going to help you undo your past because that's not what a coach is for. A coach is, you know, helping you in your present and getting to your future. Whereas a therapist is for, you know, helping you, you know, get rid of and work through your past so that you can get on the right trajectory trajectory in your future. Right. So, you know, there are distinct differences, but I think that sometimes we just have to get outside of ourselves and seek out help wherever we are on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So on your bio, you say that your motto is crisis breeds creativity, courage, and critical thinking skills that can turn your life around. What exactly does that mean? Okay, so right now, everyone, everywhere is experiencing COVID-19. Yeah. Okay, so look around. Go open up your Facebook, your Instagram, your YouTube. Guess what's happening? Everyone is creating. Yes. I think that the, one of the core reasons that God created us, one of our core purposes on earth is to create, right? He told us to go be fruitful and multiply. In other words, go create. So, you know, we're supposed to have multiple streams of income, all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so when you're in a tough situation, you start to get creative. How many of you needed some money? <laughs> and you yes. start getting real creative about how you was about to make this money. So I believe that crisis breeds creativity because when you find yourself in a hot spot, if, if you listen to that inner voice, it's going to show you how to get out, out of it. And it's mm-hmm. not necessarily always attached to money. I just use that because that's what everybody's after right now right, with COVID-19 right. trying to maintain their lives and survive, you know, but whatever that is. So, you know, I tend to, I'm a, I'm a creative being. I create all the time. But when I'm under pressure or when I have a major goal I'm trying to reach, oh my gosh, it's like being put on fire. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and the thing that comes from that is your courage is built because you find yourself creating. And the more you create and the more you evolve and bloom and blossom, the more you find yourself building your confidence. And so that, that exudes your, that helps to build your courage. Mm-hmm. And then you exude that. And so then you show up differently in life. So, and it all started just from a crisis. So, you know, it's about changing your perspective of what a crisis is. Some people look at crisis as a problem. Oh my gosh, I'm in another situation. But crises are really opportunities for growth. Yes. And so you have to be intentional about the growth. I mean, change is happening all around us, whether you like it or are ready for it or not. So you might as well be intentional about your growth Mm -hmm. and about your change. Yeah. And then in Houston, they just said, that everybody's got to wear their mask. So just do that. Just, <laughs> just put on the mask. It. Just do it. <laughs> put on the mask. Like, I mean, come on, the faster we all can do this as one, we can get out of this thing. Exactly. Like, and don't put, and stop putting it on your chin. Put it over your <laughs> nose and your mouth. Girl, I'm these people wearing me out out there. I said, what is that mask protecting? Your beard? <laughs> I can't. I cannot. Like, I don't like, okay, you, you're not protecting anything. You can also just not be wearing it because you're defeating the whole purpose. Defeating all the purpose. They they take it off so they can talk to you. If you don't put that mask back over your face while you're talking to me, 
Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Oh, help us, Jesus. <laughs> We're gonna pray for for Houston to get back on track. Yeah, well, I mean Houston to do better, honey. Absolutely. So what else is it that you um do? Because you, you got a whole lot of stuff on on your bio. You are an advocate for girls and young women. Can you tell me about that? Yes. Yeah, so um obviously with the life that I live, I am I love girls and mm-hmm. women because obviously I am one and I know the things that we experience and we go through and I know that we oftentimes are the voices that go unheard and so um, whenever I can serve the girl and or women population specifically teens um, then I do that so um, I work with different nonprofit organizations going in and speaking doing workshops and things like that and I also um, I am um, the executive vice president for MC Lights Hip Hop Sisters Foundation. So Ooh, okay. I get to give back in that way. Yeah. So one of our, my favorite things is our education initiative. Yeah. Um, and so um, I love to do that. And we have a women's empowerment event that we do it's every year. Well, not I don't know what's happening, but anyway. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> well, COVID kind yeah, of messing that's up. That's another, yeah, <laughs> honey. Because BET in essence is like normally big time for us in our events, but clearly I'm at home on the phone with you, honey. So <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, but we're trying to find other creative ways to give back. Um, and so I just, I love to do that. I love to empower girls and women. I just want everyone to show up as their authentic selves, their Mm -hmm. authentic selves and be confident in that, you know, and be okay with the fact that, you know, you're, you're still evolving. So it's okay not to, to, to show up the way the world wants you to show up, you know, and it's okay to be on a journey of transformation because that's a good thing. That's a good space to be in a good, you know, growth. I say growing through life, you know, is what we should all be aspiring to do. Absolutely. And you're also the executive producer of an international radio show, the Millionaire's (laughs) Roundtable. Tell me about that. Yeah. So the Millionaire's Roundtable is, you know, our whole goal is to, you know, change one family at a time into millionaires. And so that is um, Dr. Lynn Richardson. She is the financial guru of celebrities and she's been everywhere um, on Fox and um, Good Morning America. But the radio station um, is WBON 1390 AM and it's a network out of Chicago, but it's also on iHeartRadio. And so um, we have daily conversations about finances and, you know, how it impacts everything that you do. Um, guest speakers and things like that. So yeah, I'm the executive producer on that show. That is awesome. You are a busy lady. <laughs> I am. For sure. I but it's all good. Here. It's all good. And the amazing thing is after having gone through everything that you have gone through, the key word being through, you have come yeah. out um, just wow. And and you're and I, you're, I have to also let you know you have a beautiful picture. I'm just like oh, thank you. You could not <laughs> tell. I mean, I'm I'm looking at your bio and I'm looking at the and picture. And you're confused. <laughs> and I'm well, it's like you do not look like where you came from, and so oh, I know yeah. that that is a God thing for real. Oh, that's nothing but God. Let me tell yes. you, God's grace and mercy and just His glory in my life, the way he constantly and consistently and always on time shows up for me. I mean, even when I cannot, you know, trace him, he is there. When I can't, you know, I don't know what to say for myself. He shows up and sends someone to intercede on my behalf. God has always looked out for me. And I always say, 
you know, my, my family dynamic is one that's very different. And in my book, I talk about it and, and try to explain it as best I can. Mm-hmm. My biological mom and I, we don't have the best relationship, but we're growing. So we do at least communicate now. Yeah. So I'm grateful for that. But, um, you know, we were very estranged for quite a while. Um, and it was just because, you know, I couldn't understand. I, you know, I grew up thinking that she really hated me. I really did. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I, I couldn't understand anything about her. Like there was limited connectivity, you know, um, I just, I couldn't understand a lot of the things that she did, you know, but as an adult, um, who then became a mom, you know, I had a conversation with her and I said to her, you know, I, I forgive you for putting the pressure on you for trying to be what I thought you should have been as a mom, because what you were doing was working within your capacity. Yes. And so that's what I know. And so I then literally forgave her once I realized she was doing the best she could do. Like that's like if it was not enough. It actually was enough because everything I was supposed to go through, I went through in order to become who I'm supposed to be. So I never went to bed hungry. I never was, you know, you know, yeah, I wore a hand me down. So what? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know so what, you know, I didn't have the latest and the newest, who cares about that stuff? You know, when you think about it in hindsight. And so there were a lot of things, we went through a lot of different things. And, um, you know, so when I say my mom, I'm talking about a lady who I call mom. She is my mom, um, who came into my life around seventh grade. Okay. And she stepped in and really sacrificed um, a lot a whole lot for me, you know? And so I give credit where credit is due. I'm not who I am just solely based upon my biological family unit. You know, Mm -hmm. God has placed people strategically in my life, all of my life. You know, when I was in kindergarten, my then kindergarten best friend and her family saw about me, you know, I never had an unmet need. Now I didn't have everything I wanted, but I had everything that I needed. And then sometimes God will give me a little cupcake. Mm -hmm. I'll get a little bit of what I wanted. Um, And so teachers poured into me you know I've always had somebody looking out for me and I know those were nothing but angels on earth that God was just letting me know hey I got you I got you just keep going you know and so that's that's been my story that God has always showed up for me and so I make it my business my primary goal is to help women you know thrive build sustainable thriving lives because the way God showed up for me and had people show up for me I want to I want to reciprocate that yeah. Yeah. And I like what you what you say on your bio. My greatest pain has become my greatest blessing. And the world yeah. is now the biggest classroom my biggest that I'm classroom. honored to attend. Yes. That's awesome. I started out in education. I thought I was going to be in the classroom. God kept saying, nope, you're a teacher, but this is not it. Yeah. And so I will get frustrated. I'm like, I know I'm supposed to teach. I love it. I love teaching. I love teaching. I love teaching. <laughs> yes, but this is not your platform. And I love those kids and the girls that were in the room. And I was able to pour into them daily because I always taught in inner city communities or rural areas on purpose. I wanted okay. to, to, to be with the underserved communities, you know? Um, and so I've never taught in a privileged school ever. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah. And so that was always my thing. And God kept saying no. And so when I had to quit teaching, I was devastated. I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to do with my life. And then um, I got the call from, you know, MC Lights team. Dr. Lynn Richardson actually called me. Okay. And um, she is uh, the CEO of the company. Um, 
And so she called and was like, hey, what are you doing every day from nine to five? I was like, huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's kind of strange. And, and no one even knew I had quit my job. It was nothing but God. So it's moments yes. like that because no one knew I was cutting onions, cooking some food in my apartment. Mm-hmm. making dinner for my daughter and I was like what, what what happened who told you I quit and then I said to myself dummy nobody could have told her you quit your job because you ain't told nobody that's right so it was like okay God what are you doing and so she said hey I want you to come work for the company I said I don't know anything about the entertainment business um I don't think this would be I appreciate it or won't be a good fit and she's like well I'll send you over a couple different positions I have one in mind for you but I'll send you over a couple you can look at them and tell me what you think yeah. And so I reviewed the positions and I picked the one at the bottom, the lowest position, lowest pay, because I believe that, you know, <laughs> growth is everything. You know, I believe in starting from the bottom and going up because if you get to the top too fast, mm-hmm. what's going to maintain you? you? I needed to understand everything about the company and the business. So right. I started off as director of communication and all that stuff and associate VP to now EVP and all of those things. And so I still was, had the opportunity to teach people that, you know, in a supervisory role and those people that were connected to me and God was still like, that's not it. And I, I, I'm okay playing background out there. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Like I'm real good back there. And God was yeah. like, no. And I was that's like, your yeah. comfort zone. Let me tell you. Hmm. So I am, it is a law that John Maxwell speaks about the law of the rubber band. Yeah. And it's all about stretching yourself beyond your capacity in order to actually see real growth. And so every day that's what I'm doing. I want to tell a listener, like, I know it sounds like I have it all together. I don't. Some days I'm, I'm, I'm literally sitting here nursing my baby while I'm talking to you <laughs> in the rocking chair. That's okay. what my life is like. Okay. Yes. I just got my, my two year old in bed, you know? And so life is not perfect, but it's, I am intentionally every day mm-hmm. showing up and allowing God to do those things that I can't do. And exactly. so when I thought that being in the classroom was going to be my place of teaching, he gave me the entire world. He said, there is no space off them and no person you can't reach or touch or make impact. Those that are called to you will come and those that are supposed to hear you will listen. And so that's where I am. Mm, that's good. So Desiree, where can people find you and find definitely find your book? So everything, I made it real simple. Everything is on my website. You can access my podcast, my blog. You can access, um, I think my YouTube link is on there. Um, but I'm on social media as my name. Uh, well, my brand name is Des360. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so Des360 spelled out, D-E-Z-T-H-R-E-E-6-E is all spelled out. Okay. So I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter is Des360. If you want to connect on LinkedIn, I'm Desiree Clay. And my website is my name, DesireeClay.com. And that's D-I-S-E-R-E-E, one I, three E's. Okay. Play.com and everything is there. My book is there. It's also available as a, on a digital format is there as well. Awesome. And so that's how they can find me. All right. All right. So as I ask all of my guests, what inspiring word would you like to leave with this listening audience? Oh my gosh. Only one inspiring word out there. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. Only one. Only one. Okay. So, so if I had to, you know, tell anyone I will tell people to be intentional about your transformational journey Mm, be intentional about your transformational journey do something I want you to think big and start small which is the name of my course as well think big start small because you know oftentimes we see people 
at the height of their career, the height of their business. And we want that, but you don't know where they started from. You know, we can't eat an elephant in a day. So if you think big, I love it. Think big. I want you to have, the Bible tells us to, you know, ask for anything, Mm -hmm. be extravagant. (laughs) Yeah. But you have to do it in small parts, you know, in smaller parts. So break that thing down. Be intentional. Do something every day. It's the compounded actions over time with consistency that gets you to your big that you want. So that's my, that's what I would say. That's it. That's it for real. Desiree, (laughs) it has been a blessing and honor to have you on my show. Thank you so much for sharing, for being transparent, first of all for being transparent and most importantly, for sharing so much insight and wisdom on here. And I really need you guys to follow her, check out her website, buy her book. I'm going to have all of that information to share on the notes of the show today. And you guys really need to follow her and, and just get, get all that, that good information from her. Desiree, thank you yes. so much for being on the show. And wow, thank you. Thank you so you much. You have definitely for helped me. me as well. Oh, well, that's a blessing. Praise yes. God. Thank you. That, yes, that, that yes. makes me, I've had a long day, so that's made it all worth it. <laughs> <laughs> this is you. Althea uh, coming from Wove Inspiration. This is the midweek motivation. You guys have an awesome day. Take care and God bless. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into Wove Inspirations, the midweek motivation. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you did, why not subscribe and continue listening to some of my other shows on Spotify, Google Podcast, or Apple Podcast. Go ahead and leave a comment as well. If you are interested in being a guest on this show, please send me an email at woveinspiration at gmail.com. This is Althea, your host. I hope you guys have an awesome evening. You guys take care and God bless.